From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. I don't think there's a worse feeling in the world as an adult, as a 44-year-old adult, than having somebody else who's an adult talk down to you like a little child. Especially when that person, uh, you know, runs a cash register. Hell yes, Mr. Rob Rube, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike Davidson Lives, the name of the podcast. I'm Mike, you're you, glad to have you for the next half hour or so. Uh, Before I get into this big old rant about what happened to me Friday and uh, how it all resolved itself Saturday, a big book recommendation here. This this book is about, she's on cryo, uh, about 13 years old. Uh, But this was my birthday present from my wife this past year. Everybody Loves Our Town, an oral history of grudge. Uh, Mark Yarm is the author. It's pretty much... A bunch of people talking about the Seattle music scene from the early 80s into the mid-90s. Uh, of course, uh, just uh, skyrocketing with the 91 release of Nirvana's Nevermind. But, uh, you know, the bands that came before, the bands that were there during, the fallout, all that stuff. Very good book. Um, you know, some funny things in there, for sure. Of course, you're talking about the the suicide of Kurt Cobain. That is just tragic. Uh, the... Untimely death of Andrew Wood, who would be fronting Mother Love Bone. They were, uh, I think they just were just months away from a major label release with Apple. Um, but I think uh, the most heartbreaking death would have to be Lane Staley of Alice in Chains. Uh, died at the age of 34, I think, back in 2000. Uh, that and that finished the book tonight, and you know he it, it was just. This guy was the frontman of one of the biggest rock bands on the planet. And he had people that uh, loved and cared for him, but he became so reclusive in the final four years of his life and withdrawn uh, that you know they, they didn't find his body until a week after he overdosed. And that's just mind-boggling. One of the biggest rock bands on the planet, you know, they, they hadn't done anything for years up to that point. But you'd think, you know, you'd have, like, a handler stop by, say hello or something. But that that, that was not the case. Um, and it's one of those, you know, be careful what you wish for type of things. Um, now, this is basically a Generation X book for sure. Um, and I, God, I had to use an index card here because I have bookmarkers, uh, several, floating around the house. But I could never find them because I put it down and, you know, the kids find them. Uh, but uh, Hiro Yamamoto, uh, Soundgarden's founding bassist, he would lead, leave the band later and uh, finish up his master's degree. And he's got a good paying job right now. You know, he's in his 60s. He's doing all right for himself, I guess. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's the bass player and uh, he wanted to get out of the band because he didn't like touring. He hated touring after Bad Motor Finger. Or, no, I think this was before Bad Motor Finger. I'm sorry. Uh, no, this was Bad Motor Finger. Um, they were on the, um, uh, they were on the road and he just couldn't stand it. So he left. Um, and, you know, they were talking to him in the book and, um, this was a very interesting quote. I think a lot of us who are reasonable that grew up listening to these bands or other bands or, you know, just knowing pop culture in general, with uh, actors and celebrities and musicians. You know, this was pretty telling what he said. 
Um, sure, I'd like to sell a million records and live in a castle and not have to work, but at the same time, I want to be able to say, this is me. I'm not just part of a mass marketing machine. Maybe I'm being naive, but when we got to the point where we're on a the major label, you're a product. You might as well be Ivory Snow or Clorox Bleach. We were just another product for a heavy metal market. I like metal and all. It's way more complex than Hero doesn't like metal. And that's you know him talking about leaving the band, ultimately. And that is very true. And I've said this about, you know, oh, you see this, you know, this star on television. And, you know, everybody wants to relate to him or her vicariously. Uh, you know, project themselves onto this person. And uh, what you're just seeing is the, the, the persona, the, the, what they're willing to show, willing to give you. And that's what uh, Hero is saying. And by the way, I, I, this book has a lot of stuff going on. He left in 89. Bad Motor Finger came out in 91. So this would have been uh, louder than love. So, like, he was, uh, this was over in Europe when he uh, decided to split from the band. But, you know, he, he got kind of tired of it. It wasn't what he was looking for. So if you get a chance, read it because it talks about all the Seattle bands, like all the freaking Seattle bands. And apparently nobody liked Courtney Love. Who knew? All right. So this weekend sucked. Um, well, no, it, it got better. It has a happy ending here. But this is um, going to get in kind of a long rant here about how stupid things are uh, and how, you you know, you live your life and you get, you know, busy, caught up in stuff and you forget the little things. And that's what was happening to me Friday. I was trying to get out of the house. Uh, my wife gave me a honey-do list uh, before I went to work. Because I was, I was going to swing by before work to pick up a six-pack of beer, as I usually do. Well, you see, I go through like a six-pack of beer like uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, that's that's how hard of a partier I am. Rock on and all that. Mm. But Friday morning, get my six-pack of beer, put it in the back of the car, come home that night... Because I already had one waiting for me when I got home. And I let it cool down and I can, you know, kick back and relax. Well, I'm running late. Uh, I'm in the self-checkout line. And uh, the jar of mayonnaise I got for my wife was uh, sunk in. Like the, when they vacuum sealed it, it sucked, sucked in. And I didn't know if it was still good or bad. So I literally ran from the register to the back of the store where the mayonnaise was. Grabbed the mayonnaise, ran back. You know, it wasn't busy. Got that checked out. Thing is, though, uh, I have to buy the beer with my cash, uh, the groceries debit card. So I purchased the groceries first with the debit card. Yes, this is an exciting story. Um, and then, you know, I'm trying to, um, you know, pay for cash for the beer. And uh, the little light goes off at the self-checkout to let the cash register lady know that, hey, you need to, you know, check the photo ID. And she goes, oh, yeah, let, me, let me just see that. And you go, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've just been very busy trying to get stuff. You know, I'm making small talk, which was a mistake. Yeah, you know, running, getting groceries for my wife before work, you know, and I had to get my beer. And she goes, oh, you know, she, you're so busy. Uh, you can't buy your beer. Huh? And she takes the beer away from me. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, your, your driver's license is expired. And I look at it, and MF, yeah, it was. Because uh, my birthday was a few weeks ago, and I just forgot all about it. So I'm standing there steaming, kicking myself for not renewing this, not realizing that I've been driving around on an expired driver's license for three weeks. And she's still joking about it, like, yeah, I guess you can't get your beer today. <laughs> I was 
pissed with this lady. It's like, okay, I feel defeated. I've been wasting all my time in the store and trying to get this beer before going to work. And now I have to go to work knowing that at the end of the night, I can't do anything about it until I get my driver's license Saturday morning. Yeah, I love going to the BMV on the weekend, but I was so mad with this woman. Um, I didn't exchange any more words with her. I got out of there and I pushed my shopping cart into a bench really loud in protest. I was not a happy, happy camper. So I go to the BMV the next day. The wife um, gets all the information for me while I'm at work and I give it to them. And I was in and out in about 10 minutes. And I got there just as they opened, thank God, because as I left, there's like 60 people behind me. Um, but... The guy who was uh, helping me, you know, with uh, the driver's license renewal, um, and by the way, I love how effective it is here in the state of Indiana, because uh, it, the dry, the BMV just moves efficiently. But, you know, he was asking about that, and I was like, yeah, I, was, I just, I forgot. And he goes, hey, man, it happens to everybody. And he leans over to me and goes, it happened to me, too. Uh, so this is... It made me feel less stupid when, you know, a bureaucrat's saying, yeah, uh, I'm actually human as well. And so I get it all taken care of. But the thing is, is like I get the paper, paper license, right? So I have to wait for the actual license to come out. Later on in the afternoon, I go uh, uh, to the liquor store to get my beer. And I bring in both my paper license with my non-smiling face and the expired license. I present it to the the cash register guy and he looks this is a liquor store big burly bearded guy maybe only an inch or two short of me and he looks at the paper license and he goes do you have anything else that can cooperate this uh this id because i just want to make sure this is legal i'm like oh yeah sure and i show him the fake id or not the fake id the, <laughs> the expired id i think the lady at meyer thought uh my 44 year old ass had a fake id but he saw that and he said okay we're cool and uh, i was able to buy my beer long story short uh the, the Meyer lady can kiss my ass. Here, okay, I was telling this to my dad, and he brings up a good point. You, you look old enough, why not just sell you the damn beer? That's an excellent question. Well, you know, what does this have to do with my ability to drive? It has nothing to do with my ability to drive. If I took the bus and I bought this, and you could tell that I don't look like a 16-year-old kid, sell me the beer. Or if you can't, be a little more polite about it. Uh... Don't be a condescending bee and make jokes at my expense. It makes me feel bad. I know that sounds thin-skinned, but I was having a really rough morning. Didn't help things. And if you're so damn concerned about the expired license, why didn't you stop me from leaving the store and driving? This is this just makes no effing sense. Uh, the way we, you know, in, in terms of buying beer. Now... The thing here in Indiana is like you can go a long time without renewing your driver's license. And I think that's why it was easy for me to lapse on mine. Right. So, like, I think you renew it once every four or five years. Uh, I How about this? We get like a little reminder in the mail and you pay a, like a, a subscription fee yearly to keep that driver's license going. And then when uh, you don't or you get into traffic trouble you find a way to put the kibosh on it because this is really stupid. This is really embarrassing for me. That's what I would do, personally. I would I would just, if, if we're going to go this long, five years, why not 10 years? Why not just send out reminders reminding people to 
you know, re-up on their driver's license. Kind of like a, a AAA uh, card or something. And you get in the mail and you're good. But we're not going to do that. We're going to have opportunities where a guy who's a taxpayer forgets and uh, is ridiculed by somebody uh, who, who just lives for these moments in her power-hungry uh, career. Oh, hey, by the way, good news. Uh, Vice Media, uh, which was once valued at $6 billion for some odd reason, it's going out of business. Uh, it will stop printing uh, new content on its website. I think it's already in the process of not pr printing anything else. And uh, it's just one more bad media outlet going kaput. Fine by me. Uh, they the, Somebody brought this to my attention um, that uh, these guys were the same guys that said it was okay to laugh at anti-vaxxers dying of COVID. Oh, I don't want to get the vaccine and they get COVID and die. They say that's okay. You're a freaking ghoul if you laugh at somebody not getting a vaccine and dying. You're also a ghoul if... Uh, you're doing the die, dying too soon. Maybe it was the jab type of thing. If you're looking for points with people dying for your point of view and then just laughing about it, you have no soul. And Vice Media was filled with people who were pretty damn soulless. Well, yeah, and you might be saying, well, Mike, that's not really nice. I mean, you just went on about, you know, laughing at people dying being wrong. Why, why are you so glad about these people going out of business? Well, it's because I don't care. Um, and yeah, metaphorically, they're dying. But the good news is, uh, even after getting fired, these journalists can uh, go and find a job or, you know, learn to code or something. All right. So uh, for the weekend, Cam Newton, uh, former NFL player, former M uh, MVP, um, and really weird clothes horse. Like he just weird, wears weird shit. Uh, he was down in Atlanta. And uh, hold on. Yeah, he was down in Atlanta. Uh, there was like this seven-on-seven -seven football tourney. I don't know if it was an actual football tourney or flag football tourney. Uh, because, but the cameras weren't really focused on that action. They were focused on the action that Cam himself uh, attracted. Uh, apparently, three or four dudes tried to jump him. And he was fending them off and fighting them off. He didn't throw any punches. He was a, uh, I wouldn't say he was being aggressive. These were more like defensive moves like hey get get a, get the hell away from me and he was successful and some guys were able to help break it up um but these guys that thought they were going to kick cam newton's ass did not in fact kick his ass if he wanted to he could probably have beaten the shit out of a couple of these guys but he, here's my thinking here okay you're you're a young guy and you see another guy who's six foot five dude's taller than me and he's, uh, I don't know, 240, 250 pounds of muscle. And he dresses like a Batman villain. He's a little out there. Your first instinct is to go and fight this dude? Are you stupid? Well, you are you and your buddies stupid? You couldn't go find somebody a little smaller to shake down for catch. You had to go after a high-profile tar target that made you look a little on the dumb side. Well, I mean, there you go. And they were dumb. John Cena. I don't know if the dude's smart or not. I, he, I mean, he has kind of a dopey look for to him. But that's because a lot of people think he looks like uh, Ernest. But John Cena. Post-wrestling, the guys had a pretty decent career. 
maybe not quite to the level of The Rock, but I mean, he's doing all right for himself. And in a recent interview, he was talking about his cameo role in Barbie. Uh, he plays a merman. He plays a mermaid or something, like Dua Lipa's husband or something. Um, so he's in the movie for a little bit, just one scene. I guess his handlers or his management told him that this role was beneath him and this could ruin his reputation. I was thinking to myself, okay, how in the hell does playing, does a professional wrestler, first of all, how does playing a merman in a movie about dolls diminish his career of making movies where he's in flying cars? Nobody cares about it that much. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't go see Barbie. I probably won't see it for another 20 years. I was kind of like that with Titanic, by the way. But, I mean, it made a billion damn dollars, and he was in a movie that uh, made a billion damn dollars, so it gave him a little more visibility. This reminds me of when um, uh, Jeff Daniels, years ago, you know, a pretty charismatic actor, and his, uh, his management was like, don't do this movie with Jim Carrey. Don't do Dumb and Dumber. This will ruin your career. And it's probably one of the most memorable roles he's ever done. And he was pretty damn funny in that as well. So John Cena, I mean, you know, it wasn't like he was asking to be put into a porno. I mean, and right now, seriously, uh, being in a Barbie movie is not the worst thing anybody from the WWE can be involved with right now. Right, Vince McMahon? Wink, wink. Okay. So Tyler Perry... Uh, you know, a self-made billionaire. I think he's worth a billion dollars. I mean, he's, you know, basically done uh, the Medea movies and found an audience. And, uh, you know, not really my cup of tea, but I do have a lot of respect for the guy for doing what he does. Uh, you know, he's think, talking about building this, like, $800 million studio, employing all these people. And then uh, he saw, I forget the name of the, the um, software program they were using, but it's basically AI. He saw what they could do, and he's like one of the guys ringing the bell about how dangerous this is to Hollywood. He says, you can type in just words. You don't have to scout locations. You don't have to you know, hire a camera crew. You don't even have to have, hire actors for anything. You can just type words into a program, and boom. There it is. There's uh, there's your masterpiece being generated right in front of you. And he thinks that this is bad for the industry, and it is bad for the industry. Um, the thing is, is that the industry's been worse to itself, and it's brought itself to this point. And I, and I, and I like to say, I'm agreeing with Tyler Perry. I don't think there's anything that beats the human experience when you're looking at you know, music, when you're looking at um, movies, television, anything writing i mean it when it's done right when you can relate to it on some level it doesn't have to say everything you agree with you know it doesn't have to be just you know you know oh talking points i agree with it but it, as long as it speaks to you on some level if if it lures you in it's nothing can beat that you know connecting with another human thought but as of lately, I mean, remakes, reboots, sequels, prequels, uh, spinoffs, and anything political coming out of Hollywood just does not relate to people. And now other people, people are looking elsewhere for entertainment. I mean, you have a bunch of YouTube influencers that are garnering attention. 
and you know scaring the crap out of Natalie Portman apparently uh, you have studio executives in Hollywood that are looking at AI rubbing their chins because they're taking a bath on some of the shit they're putting out and if they can save a buck by doing that by using AI more they will so I mean you know Tyler Perry's looking at this and uh, he's being honest about it but like again the rest of the industry has to wake up and acknowledge that they have a problem you know not everything is Barbie and Oppenheimer sometimes you put out a Madam Web and by sometimes every freaking weekend Mary Poppins was a good movie remember that from the 60s based on a 1910 book um, uh, Julia Andrews Dick Van Dyke as a kid loved that movie um, and uh, I, th I think my kids recently watched it like maybe a month or two back well over in Britain um, wouldn't you know it it's offensive the movie is offensive they have like a, a ratings board over there and uh, they moved it from all ages to I think per, uh, their version of PG parental guidance uh, because there was a naughty word said in this movie twice hot and tots which I guess refers to an indigenous tribe over in uh, South Africa and this would be the chimney sweep scene where everybody was in blackface. And now, oh my God, uh, this is just wrong and it's offensive and this will affect children negatively. Even though this movie's been out in pop culture for, oh, I don't know, 60 years now. Um, now now it's going to have a detrimental effect. I, I've seen this movie maybe, maybe a dozen times in my life. Maybe. Um, I don't recall the word. It just doesn't have an impact on me them making a bigger deal about this uh that that's what makes it stick out in my mind you know it's it's like you know oh look at this stain on my shirt look at this stain on my shirt and nobody notices the stain on your shirt until you point at the stain on your shirt that's what these people are doing uh about this movie besides i thought a lot more people were offended by the uh, the fake cockney accent that dick uh, van dyke had I mean, I, I, I love the performance, but I mean, yeah, you, you could tell that uh, the accent's a little labored. But they're, they're throwing a fit about that because, again, this was a movie made 60 years ago based on a book that was written 50 years prior to that. So this is, this is a, a piece of pop culture that's been around for a century. They see this one word and they're freaking the F out about it. Yeah, I can think... Look... I know not everybody's hot on these words, but I can think of a few that are a little more offensive, and that would really bring up uh, the rating system in any country. Any country. So uh, there was this, uh, what is this, the World Jewelry Convention? Or it, it, it was some summit in New York City. And... Uh, and uh, uh, Bari Weiss, she's a, uh, she's a journalist. She, she leans left, but she's been very outspoken about various things that have pretty much alienated her from people on the left. Uh, she, she spoke out. She's pro-Israel. She, you know, she's Jewish. Makes sense. Uh, and she and comedian Jerry Seinfeld were leaving the conference together, and there were protester out, protesters out there. And they were calling Jerry Seinfeld fascist, and they were calling him a Nazi. These pro-Palestinian protesters were calling Jerry Seinfeld a Nazi. 
Uh, yeah, the, the closest thing I can think of of him be, being a Nazi would be on the show Seinfeld where uh, he and a girl were making out during Schindler's List. Uh, <laughs> that was such a dark joke, but that happened on the show. Um, so the insult really doesn't land, you know, calling a guy named Seinfeld a Nazi. And, and it's not festivist guys. Um, I, you know... He has a right to go wherever he wants. She has a right to go wherever she wants. What would have happened if uh, if uh, Barry or Jerry, uh, I, I think they pretty much ignored the protesters. What, what if they hurled some insults at them? Uh, do you think, do you think that would have played well in the media, or do you think they would have jumped all over them? Oh, don't think too hard about this. They would have, <laughs> they would have jumped all over them for sure. Okay, so speaking of the media. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe this is um, this is a thing. But apparently, uh, this was a New York Post story I saw in passing. Um, there is a, a group of women, hetero women, dating the men. Uh, in theory, these guys are men. You know, they got the XY chromosome thing going, we think. Um, she, uh, the, the women that love referring to their uh, their men as baby girls. Oh, I love you, baby girl. Saying that to your tough, masculine men, uh, you know. And then they, I guess uh, this this type of guy is emotional, sensitive, very open with his feelings, blushes, and all that stuff. Not afraid to cry. And you know, I really don't have a problem with people crying. You know, funerals, births. Um, Finding a cheaper cheese at a uh, grocery store is probably not something to cry about. Uh, uh, although, um, maybe if a cashier denies you beer, maybe that's something worth crying about. Baby girl meant... I call my daughter's baby girl. I'll call my daughter Lana and my daughter Hazel. Hey, baby girl. You know, I don't want them to call me baby girl. I don't want my wife to call me baby girl. I don't... I think my wife doesn't like it when I call her babe or baby she likes one or and she hates the other. I, I forget which one. Don't tell her um, I'm having this right now. But yeah, she doesn't call me baby girl. She she calls me stupid, but she doesn't call me baby girl. But when you look at this story, stupid's a little more respectable. You know, you, you get what I mean. So Illinois, uh, the land of the Illini, the fighting Illini, <laughs> Illini, the fighting Illini of uh, University of Illinois. Uh, there's a bill out there that will probably pass because they got Chicago and you know, your state's boned uh, that would ban Native American that would ban Native American mascots through kindergarten through high school, and there's like hundreds of schools in the state of Illinois that uh, well have in references to Native American culture. When I went to Warren Central here in uh, Indiana, uh, down in Indianapolis. Warren Central Warriors. I st I think that's still their nickname. It's been a bit since uh, early plugged into that uh, pipeline, but I always thought that was pretty cool. And then, you know that you had the warrior head, you know, with the headband and everything. It was it was a silhouette? Didn't look cartoony. Didn't look stupid at all. Uh, I didn't think that was bad. I still don't think that's bad. Uh, and I just have a problem kind of erasing references to Native Americans. If you want to do it with cartoon caricatures and all that, I, okay, I get that. But to say, okay, uh, to say Cherokee, to say Seminole, to say whatever, that's wrong. Yeah. 
I mean, and maybe I'm saying this because I live in a state called Indiana. And I uh, live not too far away from a river called the Maumee. Um, little things like that should be note, uh, should be should be remembered, I think. Um, not to get all like that, but I am. All right, so there's a hubbub uh, in Major League Baseball after uh, was a San Francisco uh, Giants player was posing for a picture, and uh, you could see his balls, I guess. Yeah, uh, the the pants for Major League Baseball apparently are see-through. These were Nike designed. MLB is swearing up and down um, that uh, that's always been the same design and they did nothing wrong. And there's been some backlash about it, but I think I know what's going on here. You know, Major League Baseball looked at what uh, happened with the NFL. You know, Kelsey dating uh, what's her face, and ratings just went up <laughs> out the roof. So to get the female, uh, the female viewer, you know, you show a little more junk. Who's not attracted to that, huh, ladies? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just imagine him rubbing pine tar all over his bat. Um, so <laughs> that's what's going on for sure. Oh, um, Irish woman. This uh, this will be up if it's not already on the Mike Davidson <laughs> Facebook page. Five years, five or six years. I think it was about seven years ago. Gets into this bad accident where her back, her neck, everything hurts. She can't work. She's incapacitated. She was going to get some money, and now her eight hundred twenty thousand dollar claim is out the window. It's been basically tossed by a judge because there are pictures of her uh, recently working outside of her house. But more importantly, a year after the accident, uh, twenty eighteen. She participated in a Christmas tree throwing contest and won, like throwing Christmas trees. See, here in the United States, we just leave that on the curb for the garbage men. I, you, those Irish people are just crazy. Crazy. And uh, finally, Florida man. Oh, my God. Uh, this is a, this is on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Uh, this will give you nightmares. Florida man had to have 150 bugs removed from his face because he kept getting nosebleeds and such. And he felt burning in his face. And, yeah, they had to remove all these bugs. They found him. Uh, doctor said if it burrowed into his brain base, it could have killed him. And I read this, and for like the last day or so, I had this twitching in my eye. For, and, and I thought it was from allergies, but then I read the story. I'm just glad that the twitching is gone. Nightmares might persist, though, but uh, the twitching is gone. But all said and done, I'm done. Until next time, Steve. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M. Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.